Backed empowers you to get it together with a single digital wallet. Use Backed to aggregate, convert, send, and spend digital assets like crypto, loyalty, and rewards points and gift cards. Go to backedbakkt.com and start treating your digital assets just like cash. I'd like to also thank Kraken. With Kraken, you can instantly buy and sell over 50 of the most popular cryptocurrencies or earn additional rewards through their industry-leading staking service. Payouts are twice a week and you can earn up to 20% each year. Visit kraken.com scoop to learn more. Exodus is one of the most loved crypto apps due to its sleek design and easy-to-use exchange feature. Secure and manage over 130 cryptocurrencies from your computer or phone. No account registration is required. Download Exodus at exodus.com and you're ready to go. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Scoop. I'm your host, Frank Chaparro, Director of News at The Block. And today we have a very exciting episode for you folks. Joining us on the other side of the mic, we have Ari Rubenstein and Ryan Sheffield, the founders of Radical, the brains behind this new quant trading shop in the crypto world. I've been following you guys since your inception Feels like in crypto world a year ago, but it was only uh, last month we saw uh, headlines, obviously, of Steve Cohen backing the project or the firm, and you've enlisted a number of impressive troops, including my very dear friend, Jim Greco. We're very excited to have you on the show. Our, we've talked before about Capital Markets, GTS, which is sort of, I don't know, what we can unpack what the proper terminology is. They're kind of the the genesis of this new firm, but GTS is a very important pillar of the capital markets. I think we talked back in the days when you guys were trying to expand out your designated market-making business for the New York Stock Exchange. Excited to have you both on today. We'll start with you, Ari. How did this all come to fruition? It's good to see you, Frank. Good to talk to you. And it's great to be on, on your program. Radical is a digital asset trading business. And what we're going to do for the digital asset community is similar to what we've been able to do in the markets with financial instruments. Use technology to create efficiency and drive a lot of innovation in, in this new space. And, um, you know, I was reminded of a story when we, when we got started in the early days of GTS. And GTS is an electronic market maker. We're one of the largest market makers of the New York Stock Exchange, and we trade hundreds of thousands of financial instruments algorithmically, meaning completely automated fashion. On a daily basis, we'll trade almost 5% of the entire US equity markets uh, by volume. When we first got started, I was a floor trader on the floor of the commodities exchange in the early 90s. So everything was traded in commodity pits. People were screaming at each other and we would do a trade and, and write the trade on a, on a piece of paper and then throw the piece of paper into the middle of the pit and, and a reporter would grab it and, um, and type it into the system. But I came from the world of computers growing up. So to me, I thought, well, this is great. And, and I know we've been doing, you know, been trading this way for a long time, but technology has got to change this at some point. And um, fast forward, I met this Israeli technologist 
And we started to try to automate some of the, the market making trading strategies that, that I was deploying open outcry in, in the commodity pits. And we first got it going. We were in this uh, tiny little office downtown in, lo in lower Manhattan. And we figured out that we could connect our computers directly to the matching engine of the exchanges. And this was like a radical idea at the time. No one was doing this. And by the way, the exchanges didn't, didn't even like have a formal way of interacting with them this way. And the regulators had no rules regarding um, or, or the, the, the rules weren't very specific on, on the appropriate ways to uh, connect to these exchanges. But we figured out how to do it. And by doing that, of course, it was, it was a, a commercial success, but we were able to supply a lot of liquidity to the market, mainly because the computers could just do it way more efficiently and way faster. And as we expanded that, we figured out we could connect all these different markets at the same time and create a more accurate price for these securities that investors would, would access on the exchanges. And you, know, you fast forward all the way to today, you look at digital uh, instruments and how they trade. They trade across all these different uh, technology protocols, the clearing, uh, the financing of these trades, the borrowing of these securities is disjointed, it's complicated. So Ryan and I are like, well, wait a second, we gotta get involved and do what we did in, in the, um, in the equity markets when those evolved and went from open outcry to electronic into this digital space. And we think we can we can drive a lot of innovation and it's going to be very beneficial for investors. So that's really the birth of Radical. That's what we're going to do at Radical. When you mentioned the uh, impetus or the or when you mentioned Radical in sort of GTS's story, the Radical approach, I felt like I was watching a movie and had a character say the name of the movie. But be that as it may, Ryan, why why uh, create a separate firm? Why not have something within uh, GTS itself? I know that you're a former employee or a current employee, depending on how you look at it. Why go and start off this offshoot? Sure. Well, first, thank, thank you very much for having me on the podcast. I'm uh, excited to be here and talk about all these topics. So, you know, the quick answer to your question is obviously, uh, you know, Radical is the digital asset and cryptocurrency trading business of GTS. And, and the reason to set it up a bit separately is because we want to make sure that it's unencumbered. It can flower. I mean, as Ari and I mentioned many times, look, we have a business plan. I think we've got a great business plan. And I guarantee you in a year, what we actually do won't look anything like the plan we have now. I mean, this market's, this industry's moving fast. This market's moving fast. And really the most important thing right now that I realize is you have to be unencumbered. You know, you, you want to really be free to go with the direction this market's going to take. Um, you know, maybe, you know, we're all talking about centralized exchanges two years ago. Now it's DeFi. could be NFT. There's so many different ways it can go. So making sure we, we set it up right from the beginning to be unencumbered. Like Ari said, you know, when you start out new things, yeah, sure. There's a lot of challenges if you're just three guys and your computer's in the closet. But one of the benefits is you don't have legacy problems, you don't have burdens, and you can really be free to innovate and experiment. So that, that's what we wanted to make sure we did. And personally, I've seen it time and time again, you know, having uh, spent time you know, in the traditional finance side. I studied engineering in college and finance, came out, got on the trading desk. My first job every morning was to take a fresh sheet of uh, graph paper and put it in a clipboard for the trader because every trade was written by hand. And at the end of the day, I would walk around the trading floor and confirm it with a check mark by hand with everybody. So it took me about one day to realize like, okay, this is right for disruption. And it's kind of what I've been doing ever since then. You know, 
marching through, whether, you know, one project after another. So but going through that, one thing that I really, really realized in that whole way, is sometimes the organization of the institution, even though it has every desire to be innovative, just structurally is just set up to kind of fight against itself. So the idea with Radical was, you know, set it up in a way where Ari and I could say, this is prime for success. It's set up in a way where it's unencumbered. And whatever the new innovation, there's some 25-year-old leading a new project. It's going to be the, the NFT of 2025 that we haven't even heard about today. And when that comes up, we want to make sure we're structurally set up to, to be involved and engaged. You guys both have talked, to, talked about how you witness the disruption of traditional finance and in a sense are now entering the crypto market. How do you plan to disrupt crypto trading, crypto market structure? We've come a long way since 2017 or even before that when I would hear of stories of OTC desks where a counterparty would show up with a briefcase of $100 bills looking to make a trade. A lot of it was done via Skype and Telegram. We're, we're mostly electronic now. So a lot of a lot of the disruption has happened. How do you guys further push the envelope and disrupt crypto trading and market structure even further? Sure, absolutely. And you're right. I mean, great deference to all the members of the crypto community that, that have been involved since the inception and created a pretty amazing and stunning marketplace. I think when we think about disruption, we see the next phase as the collision now of crypto native participants and the traditional finance markets. And as those come together, that collision is going to create all sorts of new risks, rewards, and opportunities. And that innovation, I think, for our perspective is going to be, how do we innovate that melding together of those two markets? Because that's something, like you said, I mean, we've seen tremendous market structure changes, the evolution of DeFi, AMMs, Uniswap, all of that, uh, which is almost second nature now and didn't even exist you know, a number of years ago. But that's going to come headlong into the traditional finance world. And when we when we see that collision and that occurs and we try and the world tries to figure out how to graph those two markets together, that's where we can you know really impact the disruption and innovation. Yeah, and I would I would add that when it comes to technology, the human resource component of it are creative. They are experimental. You know, technology, it's uh, they want to feel unencumbered in what they can create on the engineering side, which is very exciting. And it's a lot of fun, but investors want to feel safe. Mm. So how do you bring those two things together? And this was the, the, the precise problem we had when the markets evolved and went electronic. You had all, I, we have the smartest technologists in the world that are so clever and what, in what they, they're able to build from the custom hardware, networking, the software that they're able to build. But how do you make a regulator feel comfortable with that, right? How do you make investors feel really comfortable with that market? Uh, a market that in a pretty short order went from trading one way for so long to another way very, very fast. So you can't just say, well, we're, yeah, we're going to have great technology and you know, we're going to have the best technologists in the world. Do you know how to put those two things together? Because uh, that's what makes a highly evolved, highly efficient market, whether it's for uh, cash equities or, or uh, digital instruments. And we've done a really good job of it. And that, you know, that, that's going to be our focus again 
with Radical. I want to get into exactly what the focus is. I have a sense that it's electronic market making on exchanges and kind of, you know, quoting those prices and and sort of doing a lot of what you do in traditional markets, but in crypto. But I want to double click on this point that you're alluding to, which is how you finally got comfortable. I imagine it was a process. Why do you think so many trading firms in cash equities have taken so long to get comfortable with crypto? We've only just seen, you know, firms like Jump come out and say we want to be open about this completely, Virtu as well. But then you also have Citadel Securities saying they don't want to uh, necessarily engage with this because the regulations aren't clear. When did it become clear to you that this was something you could touch, Ari? You know what I, I'd say, Frank, it's um, you're running a business day to day and you, you come in every day and we've got uh, around 250 people here and everyone's working really hard day to day on, on what they're doing. And it's uh, exciting. It's complicated. There's huge responsibility involved in it. Uh, you're trying to innovate at the same time make sure everything that you're doing is um, responsible, stable. A lot of folks are depending on you. And when there are potential new projects, it has to you know, be considered along those lines. And for us, it was something we always paid attention to. We think we're in the very, very early innings of this transformation of digital trading, especially when we look back maybe 20, 30 years from now, we're still in the early innings. As we were watching it, we realized that, okay, we have to get involved because what we are able to do very well, uh, that's our, our core competency, which is bridging those two worlds of high tech with the things that investors need, uh, that regulators need in um, a well-functioning marketplace. It just got to the point where it's like, this is clearly what we have to do. Not like a single shoe dropped and you're like, oh shit, we need to launch a separate business. No, it wasn't like that. It, it, it was sort of something that built up over time. And then it just got to the point where we felt compelled to do it, that it was like our responsibility to do it. And truth be told, like I, I, I have a lot of fun with this stuff. And it just became a place that for me and my partners and Ryan included, we just became fascinated with it. And you know that's where a lot of the, uh, yeah, certainly innovation, commercial opportunity is, but a lot of fun. And um, and. It just reached the boiling point and we felt compelled to get involved. And fortunately, we we also have a lot of very talented uh, uh, folks at the firm and and uh, people that are that are coming uh, that felt the same way. So it all just came together and we launched. It. So, Ryan, walk us through maybe exactly what the firm is doing. Electronic marking making, like I said, but maybe how would you describe the services or offerings that might look different from other participants? And how are you leveraging the GTS underpinning and DNA? Ah, great. Well, the, your second question is the great question. So I'll get to that quickly and first explain just structurally what we're up to. So, you know, the first is there's, I think of it as two lanes. You know, the first is exactly what you would expect from a firm with, uh, you know, GTS's lineage and, and knowledge base. And that is entering into the applying quantitative technological techniques application to be market making and trading, you know, in the centralized markets. That's first and foremost, that's what we're going live with imminently. The big one we're very excited about, you know, which we'll be launching in about uh, six weeks, will be the provision of liquidity directly to counterparties. We feel like Ari said, you know, asked about that lineage, you know, we have a lot of experience from GTS and understanding how it is the counterparties want to get liquidity, the services that they need, how you need to really be a stand up market maker through all environments. And we're going to bring that knowledge base over to that business. So really right there, you have two businesses that clearly are 
are born out of and grow right from the expertise uh, that we've developed over the years at GTS and the people at GTS who've been phenomenal at doing it in the traditional markets, bringing that over to the, to the cryptocurrency markets. And then beyond that, you know, you look forward, we're already actively working on our entrance into the DeFi market because there's a whole other lane beyond the things that exist both in the traditional market that exist in crypto. You know, obviously there's going to be ETFs to get approved. There's going to be, you know, there's the options market. There's a whole slew of other things. And then there's a whole DeFi and decentralized market. There's a whole avenue of activities that are almost crypto unique from that perspective. And as exciting it is to, to bring over that knowledge base that we have from GTX and apply it to the obvious um, places to do so, the opportunities we think on a, on a forward basis in the DeFi and other markets that have yet to really be evolved, DeFi, NFTs, et cetera, um, you know, could end up being huge. So when I talk about you know, taking that business plan and, and tearing it up or, or looking at it a year from now and seeing that it's not what we did, it's probably going to, going to be more in, the, in that direction. Mm. So what type of things are we thinking of in DeFi? Is it, you know, engaging with these different protocols in terms of staking or other things? What, what specifically? Yeah, sure. So, you know, obviously, first and foremost, you know, the DeFi market, it is a market. It's a market like the centralized markets and, you know, our, our lineages in being, a, you know, a, a great liquidity provider in the market, being able to price a large number of instruments, understanding how to keep prices in line across various different fractured and disparate places. So being involved in the liquidity provision in the AMM protocols and DeFi is an obvious first start, especially as we see, you know, it's kind of interesting, right? On, on one hand, you have the traditional CFI order book, then you have the evolution of the, the pure AMM liquidity provision style. And you're starting to see sort of a merger of those th two things together, thing, you know, protocols like DYDX and ones that sort of take a mash of both. So you're probably going to see, again, an intersection between those two. So that understanding of how to provide liquidity and bring quantum technology into the market to make a market better, that can be applied in an order book kind of fashion as the DeFi world starts bringing on more of those attributes, participants like us will be able to, to benefit those markets by bringing that expertise we have into those markets. So I think that's, that's fundamentally, uh, you know, the first stop on the train. And then after that, you know, there's obviously projects, there's staking, there's other ways that we can get involved, where again, we feel that maybe we're not the total answer to the solution, but our participation in conjunction with the greater community can lead on and pile on more innovation. I mean, one example of that uh, is obviously the Pith project. You know, we were um, one of the first people to sign up with that because what we saw very early on was, you know, this was a way to contribute back to the community, something that was another one of those kind of DeFi financial building blocks. And that our ability to improve the on-chain or, you know, inside Solana's ability to see, have visibility on financial products outside, you know, traditional financial markets was a tool that some other creative, innovative person was going to pick up and create the next financial instrument or the next next protocol on top of. So there's both what we can do specifically, but also where we can kind of contribute to, to the overall whole so that other people can take what we contribute and innovate on top of. Is there a degree of helping projects themselves? I know this is something that many different trading firms in the space do, helping them engage with exchanges, bootstrapping that liquidity. Maybe that's the third or fourth stop on the train. <laughs> Absolutely. It's on the train schedule. And, uh, you know, we love that. I mean, one of the, you know, Ari was saying, one of the most exciting things about this is the, the people involved in it. I mean, the, the, the people involved in this are, you know, some of the most interesting, innovative 
advanced thinking people I've ever run across. So we understand that we are one part of the larger crypto mix and engaging with those other people is definitely going to be one of these situations where one plus one is going to equal a whole lot more than two. So, you know, we have every intention like we've done. I mean, you asked about leveraging, you know, that's something we've always done at GTS and in our traditional markets where we've, you know, been active members of the equivalent of projects in that world, consortiums and other things where we contribute along with other peers and partners in the market to make the markets overall better and more innovative. And we're going to do the same thing over in crypto. Ari, is there anything about crypto market structure that has surprised you or has been particularly interesting? Even if we're looking at CFI versus DeFi, you think of things like the way exchanges, retail brokers, we call them exchanges in the crypto world, but they're really just retail aggregators to an extent, engage with trading firms. Is it different than CFI? You think of things like, you know, there isn't really payment for order flow in crypto, but there kind of is. What about the market structure has, has stood out to you? Well, the um, there's it's it's such a wide open field that isn't constrained by a tremendous amount of, of rules. Uh, so you have technology that's developing at warp speed, you know, in a wide open field that doesn't have a lot of bright lines, which is a, a good thing and also a, a scary thing. It's a scary thing because those bright lines are are actually good long term because it protects investors. It creates a lot of forced transparency and accountability, uh, which is good, as I said earlier, you know, for a healthy, fully functioning marketplace, uh, but can also stifle innovation. So the thing that's most interesting to me, quite frankly, is just to see how fast things can develop because they aren't constrained. And the industry itself, the crypto industry, attracts the best and brightest that we've seen. Um, so that further amplifies those attributes that I just talked about. So it's not anything specific. It's I guess it's the pace and the, the color and the multidimensionality of everything that I find really interesting. One thing in particular that I'm, I'm watching is when we talk about DeFi and some of the efficiencies of folks transacting in that manner. And then and Ryan mentions Pith and the, the Oracle architecture. It's I think we're going to see a world very soon, Frank, that we see an explosion in a secondary markets for things that formerly didn't have secondary markets that now are enabled mm. by this digitization of, of instruments. I don't, I don't mean just financial instruments or digital pictures uh, like NFTs. I mean, uh, lots of other things that could ride the backbone of, of CFI and um, decentralized finance the efficiency of how things can be priced and cleared. And when you merge that with the sheer capability of a firm like Radical that has the, you know, the, the power and lineage of GTS, and it's not just us, so John, but some of our com competitors as well, you know, we, we price today half a million instruments, could be 5 billion instruments tomorrow. It's infinitely scalable. Uh, what we do is we provide accurate prices for things, and we stand by those prices by standing ourselves out and, and willing to take on inventory, and that's risk transfer services effectively. So when you merge all those two things together, liquidity providers that have sophistication to price things accurately and provide that risk transfer services with the, the likelihood of an explosion of things that are investable, things that can be traded, that to me gets, gets me really, really excited. And I think it's going to have major positive out outcomes, not just for investors, uh, but for society in general. I was speaking with a lawyer today who kind of identified some of the points you were making. He he has been a capital markets attorney for, you know, 
30 some odd years. And he talked about the era in which commodity derivatives were kind of a newfangled thing without parameters. And it was confusing what the rules of the road were. And, you know, crypto is kind of in the same spot. And we don't know how big this can be, right? Right now you command 5% or more on the on a given day of daily US equity volumes. But when you look at what the future could be, it could be NFTs, it could be derivatives on top of NFTs. I mean, I speak with projects who, who talk about, you know, all sorts of weird different instruments, collateralized lending on NFTs. Maybe you can mortgage a property in the metaverse and maybe you can build a product on top of that metaverse CDOs or something. So Ryan's not on camera, but his picture's smiling and I feel like he might be interested in some of this. So, <laughs> but you, you think about the scope of what this could be. And obviously it's enticing to a firm like GTS because to your point, Ari, there's unlimited possibilities for you to set prices. It doesn't matter what the product is. You can sort of figure out what the pricing of that metaverse CDO. Yeah, I was going to say, it's fa I mean, you hit the nail on the head. It's fascinating. You get the metaverse, right, mortgages. I mean, I think um, I would imagine uh, anybody who has bought a house in America or done a refi and gone through the title search process is well aware that uh, there's a lot of areas of our economy still very, very ripe for innovation that seem immediately applicable to this. And you're right, the, uh, you know, the, the fundamental thing behind NFT, the concept of unique ownership of a digital asset is truly revolutionary. And the, the applications of that are only barely getting going. Like you said, I mean, what is, uh, you know, what is a CDO, but it's a specific claim on a bunch of cash flows that are defined by a formula. That sounds like an NFT plus a smart contract to me. Bank is the digital wallet of the future, empowering you to manage all of your digital assets from a single place. Back puts the power in your hands to get your crypto, loyalty and rewards points and gift cards together to choose how you want to use them. Treat your digital assets just like cash and convert, send or spend them using Back. Get started today and get it together with Back. Sign up at backbakkt.com. For the last 10 years, Kraken has been known as one of the best platforms for trading crypto online. Now with the new Kraken app, it's easier than ever to buy and sell over 60 of the most popular cryptocurrencies on the go 24-7. Simply download the Kraken app, connect your bank account, and start investing for as little as $10. Just a minute is all it takes to get started. I also want to give a special thanks to Exodus. Exodus is one of the most loved crypto apps due to its sleek design and easy to use exchange feature. Secure and manage over 130 cryptocurrencies from your computer or phone and interactive charts let you view the price history of a specific asset and your portfolio's performance over time. Sync your wallet across multiple devices to access your funds from anywhere. Maybe the best part is Exodus is integrated with the Trezor hardware wallet, making advanced security easy for everyone. Download Exodus at exodus.com today. Okay, let's talk about you know what, what things look like on the day-to-day. -day. You've kind of set the foundation. You're hiring these people, Ryan. You're about to sort of go to market to an extent um, in the next few weeks with, with various strategies. Who are you hiring? What type of positions are you filling? 
And, you know, what might the organization look like in six months? Sure, absolutely. So, you know, right now on board, as you mentioned, you know, we have 10 people on board right now. We're looking to grow that to probably uh, two dozen by the end of the year. And most aggressively, what we're looking for are, and bringing on are very, very talented developers, technologists, quantitative researchers, people that have uh, an innovative streak, uh, an innovative bench. And, you know, we're going to build a deep bench of those people that are going to really be, you know, come on and be the kind of people that are intrigued by the problems at hand, intrigued by what we have to do, are fascinated by the fast pace of development, entrepreneurial in what they're looking to do. And, you know, together we're going to have a deep bench of high quality, exceptionally talented people that, you know, are up, up to task and can match, uh, you know, the opportunity set that's going to be put in front of us. Ari, how does this kick up to GTS? Is there a potentiality where, you know, maybe it helps you get to be the DMM of a very fast growing crypto information services podcast company that wants to IPO? What does it look like for you on that side of the business? Yeah, it's a lot of fun and uh, satisfying intellectually. You know, I was a philosophy major in college. So we're, we're talking about like the universe and the metaverse and, you know, trading some of these things that don't actually exist. It's a lot of fun for me. But when I look back, Frank, and, and, and at the, you know, two decades, almost two decades GTS has been around, and I look at the different things that we've done. You know, I talked a little bit about our early days earlier in, in the program, but during those days, there weren't, you know, rules regarding how to connect up to these exchanges. And we ended up commercializing our own risk management platform that when the SEC came out with rules, market called market access rules, uh, in the late 2000s, we actually commercialized the whole platform and had some of the largest trading firms and multinational banks using it. And then in the beginning part of uh, last decade, a bunch of Israeli engineers came into my office and said, uh, hey, you know, we can move this uh, market data over microwaves faster than we can over the dark fiber that we're lighting. Um, so we built the first commercial microwave data network business in North America. Uh, we connected up, we, you know, we built some towers, uh, you can't imagine. I mean, uh, my partner was up in the middle of the night trying to get tools in the middle of Appalachia during a snowstorm, climbing radio towers. And we had NASDAQ as a customer, the Chicago Mercantile Exchange as a customer, the Toronto Stock Exchange as a customer, some of our competitors on the GTS side. And we ended up selling that business to a, uh, uh, another company. And then well, we uh, became the largest designated market maker at the New York Stock Exchange, uh, what you were just mentioning. Uh, we figured out a way of supplying unique data to the companies that list there. And, and we've been number one in IPOs at NYSE for five years. We launched ClearList, which is a secondary market for private companies a couple of years ago. And um, so when I hear about Radical, it just makes sense that this is sort of the next endeavor for us. It's the next thing for us. So I don't necessarily see it as one business as another. I see it more as an expression. We solve problems with technology. So you don't necessarily see it contributing to other areas of the business? Well, of course. It, yeah. I mean, of course it will. I like, think about it. We, we have a fantastic ETF market making business run by a gentleman named Reggie Brown. And there's some crypto ETFs that are going to come up. ETFs are about to explode. So of course, his, uh, uh, you know, certainly buy side investors and his, his relationship with the issuers and that his whole business and all of his people you know, they're going to be dealing in crypto. So Radical will will have an interaction with that. That'll be very positive. We're number one uh, right now in the country in, in OTC wholesale market making. So that's the market making of, of securities that aren't listed on an exchange. 
Well, we're also the number one market maker in the grayscale Bitcoin and Ether trusts. So Brian's radical business, of course, is going to have an interaction with that. So there's going to be a lot of interactions, both at uh, uh, businesses that GTS owns and and third parties in, uh, that GTS has relationships with. And we're happy to uh, you know be, be accretive to that whole thing. Ryan, you're not climbing microwave towers. It kind of makes the, the radical origin story seem a little less uh, sexy in a sense. But what what's your microwave tower climbing? Uh, He's got some uh, comparison. Yeah, well, you know, maybe it was. Um, you know, these exchanges are hard to deal with sometimes. These crypto exchanges changing, moving around their APIs are hard to kind of keep up with. But but uh, yeah, maybe there's an equivalent. Yeah, I was going to say, well, the one thing that strikes me, so, you know, after, you know, starting a career, you know, in finance, like I said, you know, once I got promoted from the guy that photocopied the graph paper every morning, um, which was a really major, major heads up for me. And I, I knew, I knew I had it made where I had developed a, um, a VBA Excel macro that could help us price these new types of mortgages. I started out as a mortgage-backed securities trader. And I kind of did it half because I just, I was overwhelmed as the junior guy on the desk. And I'm like, I need to automate stuff or I'm never going to be able to go home at night. Like I need to get my job done. And I did it and, you know, I did it and it was working great. And then one day I was told as my job was to go get lunch for everybody on the desk. And I did. And then I came back and um, I was chewed out that I was never going to get lunch again because we had a client inquiry that came in and no one could price it fast enough. And nobody knew how to use this computer thing of a jiggy I had built. So I was banned from going to go get lunch. That was my... That was my big promotion was, uh, and that's where I definitely realized it. Like, wow, you know, you know, you do smart things. You take the risk. No one told me to do that. It was just like, it seemed like the right thing to do. And that was, I think, you know, over and over again, that's kind of what, you know, I've always tried to do and always succeeded at doing. I remember in the early 2000s, the dot-com boom. I mean, it never really took off, but the firm I was at, we actually gave the first way for people to trade mortgage-backed securities literally over the internet. And then, you know, innovate time and time again. And probably... You know, the one thing that really strikes me when it comes from, you know, similar to now with radical and innovating is um, after a career on, on the sell side and then the buy side, doing a lot of innovation, I joined a large bank and I remember them telling me, you know, they're like, look, we'd like you to come in and, and you and, and four of your partners and, and help us really innovate this fixed income market. Like we sense all the, all the innovation that's happened to the equity business. It's going to come to the fixed income market. So you got to help us do it. I said, OK, um, what exactly do you want me to do? And they said, no, 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 you don't understand. We want you to tell us what to do. We have no idea what to do. So they gave me my first seat, you know, was I sat down at a computer. Open, I'll never forget, open up Microsoft Word, blank sheet of paper, blinking cursor. And I was like, okay, <laughs> let's figure it out. So in many ways, I feel like, uh, you know, in some ways, uh, you know, although Radical's, uh, you know, born of GTS and, and has all the benefits of that, we're sort of starting at the same place. It's uh, you know, it's, it's a blank sheet of paper and it's really whatever we want to draw on that canvas and wherever we want to take it. And so what is the computer thingamajiggy that will be Radical's claim to fame? <laughs> well, you know, with any good innovative enterprise, we're going to try 100. 50 are going to completely fail. 20 are going to be kind of interesting. And the, the two that are going to emerge from the, the bottom of the pile, we probably don't know today. But I think, you know, if, if history tells us anything and the history of GTS, it'll, it'll be the things that combine not only what we're really good at, but also what what benefits the market overall, benefits end investors and market participants. It'll be the things we create that enhance confidence and allows people sort of sitting on the fence and unsure and, and not totally positive, giving them the comfort to get in and get involved. Well, that raises a very interesting question, which I was going to ask about building out the book of counterparties. Is there an aspect of it, of reaching out to maybe 
some of GTS counterparties that are not comfortable yet with crypto and saying, hey, we've got this new business. If you ever think about getting into crypto, we can help facilitate that. Well, what, what I'll tell you, just something we've always done, not just with our, because now we, we have a client business, but even, even with our competitors is, is we always share insights and ideas uh, and try to work collaboratively with the whole industry. So we're, we're not going to stop. And, and as Radical grows, certainly counterparties and folks that we work with at, at GTS are going to be curious about it. And we're going we're gonna to share everything that we're learning about that space. And if we can be helpful in any way, we're going we're gonna to be helpful. And that's, a, that's another way that I think traditional finance ends up getting involved in this space as, as GTS launches Radical and Jump, you mentioned Jump and some of our other competitors, that will naturally build a link. Uh, that organic process will, will help accelerate the link between one and the other. We've covered a lot of ground. Um, we've covered the scope of the new entity, your thoughts on market structure, how it kind of ties in with the existing GTS business. What about one thing that's been interesting me is there's always a there's now a venture component to a lot of these crypto trading organizations. And I've written about this recently. And you, you have a lot of them kind of meshing you know, a lot of crossover betwixt the twain. Is that something you might think about doing, Ryan? Are you you have these token deals maybe crossing your your bench and is that something that could fall under the scope? Sure. I mean, you're right. I mean, and that's overall, it's an interesting question because it kind of exposes, again, how the crypto, although it rhymes with traditional finance, it's not identical. And, you know, the existence of, um, you know, sort of um, VC or PE equivalent opportunities, but via coins and tokens uh, and the democratization and, and, and kind of different angles that, that can take is really quite fascinating where, you know, obviously in the traditional finance world, right, you have, you know, very clear silos. There's firms like ours that make make markets and securities, there are private equity firms, there are early stage venture capital, you know, people have really filled in their niche, whereas in the, you know, the crypto landscape, it's almost more just, you know, all this continuum along the span. So yes, I highly anticipate that we will, as we, like I said before, get involved and engaged in the other participants in the community and the other projects going on, that we will, it'll naturally lead into opportunities where we realize that what we can bring to the table starts merging more and more and marching closer and closer to looking like things that, you know, would be private equity or, or, or VC, like in a traditional sense, but in the world of crypto is all just, you know, part of advancing a project forward or helping it find liquidity or, you know, getting up on its feet. Yeah. From their perspective, they're just looking for someone to kill two birds with one stone. Yep. You know, if I'm going to have someone who's going to sort of beat my liquidity partner, might as well get them to write a check. Why not? All right. I know that you've got a hard stop, but is there any closing thoughts that you have? Anything that we haven't touched on that you want to get across? Well, we, we, we covered a lot of ground. I, I would say that there's one thing we did great over the years is create a, an exciting envi an environment for people who, who are highly technical and like to innovate and have the backing of a firm that loves new ideas and isn't afraid to try out new ideas. As Ryan said, we very much believe in the notion that you can try, you know, a hundred ideas and, you know, 95 of them might not work and they're all fun and it's all, they're not failures. They're all a lot of fun. And um, that's what your GTS has done over the years. And all just all of our partners have done that. And with Radical, we're just going to bring the, the brightest, smartest, and most clever people together and try out a lot of interesting, fun things. And we know the results will be lucrative 
and they're going to benefit the markets because that's what, mm. what we've always done in the past. If you think about this underpinning DNA of GTS that Ari's kind of just laid out there for us, Ryan, what are some of the things you think Radical can do to improve crypto capital markets, crypto trading markets? You know, there's there's volatility. There's many different aspects that are inefficient. What can you guys bring and how are you pitching that to potential venues venues that you might um, engage with? Sure. So I, th- well, I think it's hit the nail on the head first, which is, uh, you know, bring, bringing efficiency and, and clarity and certainty to different markets. So, you know, one of the, you know, what we do as experts at, at GTS is uh, you know, really pricing hundreds of thousands, you know, as I said, close to half a million instruments across uh, a broad, broad number of exchanges and making sure that we're transferring liquidity to where it's most needed. So I think that is definitively one of the things we can bring to the equation is making sure that, you know, there's this cornucopia of new projects that are flowering every single day. And is that, you know, that's great because on one hand, it leads to innovation, unique structure, but then, you know, to make sure that people feel like they're getting, uh, you know, that they want to transact in different places, people like ourselves can bring value by linking them together, you know, by making sure that, the, that between them, they're efficient, between them, they're logical, whether you're looking at a, at a regular AMM pool, a CFI exchange, maybe, uh, you know, an order book on the blockchain, you know, a layer two solution that all of those, they make sense and they're consistent across each other. So in many ways, you know, uh, people have often talked about the tyranny of choice, you know, like sometimes choice is great and sometimes it's overwhelming to people. And sometimes people just want to know that, all right, I don't have time to make a choice now. I just want to know that where I'm transacting or where I choose to do business, I'm likely to be getting a fair price at a fit and a fair deal. And that's what I think that's a lot of what we can we can bring to the equation. It's really interesting because there's obviously more choice than ever before in terms of the the number of firms out there. But is your point that you're trying to really focus in on specific offerings and refining them? I, I think for us, it's about saying that, no, we want to we want to partner. You know, the, the market overall is going to be innovating and throwing up all sorts of new ideas and new innovations. So what we can do is make sure that we're bringing liquidity to them. We're making sure that our counterparties, you know, once we launch that business, if they're looking at one, that we're both, uh, you know, we're a partner with them to understand them, to understand the value proposition that they have by being, you know, like you said, engaged from the beginning with the various different protocols or projects so that we know, you know, the reason for their existence and what, what value they're looking to add. And then on the flip side, you know, as you kind of keyed on before, you know, if we have relationships with people that are interested in that on one level, you know, it's kind of like, you know, we can provide multiple functions the investment banks used to, you know, research on one way, explaining it, covering it, and then making sure that when someone says, okay, now I want to do something with this knowledge I have, I want to get involved in this project, that we can be that counterparty that says, great, okay, we'll, we'll provide you with the liquidity so you can get involved. Gotcha. All right, sir, we're going to let you go. Be respectful of your time. Where can listeners learn more about what you guys are looking for. Maybe you have a job ad somewhere, job postings. Where can our listeners learn more about the Radical team? Sure. So absolutely right now, Radical.io. That's our website. You know, go on that. There's a link there. If you're interested to learn more about us, there's a link on there how you can contact us. And uh, you know, we'd love to hear from everybody. Perfect. Well, Ari, Ryan, thank you so much for joining The Scoop. Ladies and gentlemen, we will be back with you soon for another episode Hope to catch you very soon. Thank you.